let's just forget how it turned out. Why is there this fight over one position out of 535 positions in the United States Congress? Why is that? Newt Gingrich. The conference understands this is a core decision. <clears throat> do the 202 win or do the 20 win? And in a free society, you cannot, just as you can't give in to terrorists and you can't give in to hostage takers, you can't allow them to take the conference hostage and win. I hope that in a conference tomorrow morning when people... Yeah, hostages. That's Newt Gingrich. And, oh, man, I get distracted here. I've met Newt. He's a very smart man, and he's a very clever man, and he's very scheming, and he's fantastically wealthy. And he was a politician. Fantastically wealthy man. And he's a politician. Was. There's a new guy, Representative Byron Donalds. He initially was voting for Kevin McCarthy. Then he voted for Jim Jordan. Now he's voting for himself. That's an interesting Donald. change. Donald. Now, of course, the Mockingbird media would normally say, well, he's a black man. Therefore, he's entitled to be Speaker of the House. And Republicans, if they deny that, that's because they're hardcore racists. Why is this battle such a big deal? Let's talk about that with a guy. <laughs> well, I wish he was here. He's, well, we should get Lindell on. Why haven't I thought of that? We should ask. Let's ask to get Mike Lindell on the program. Yeah, but with the help of MyPillow.com, use promo code Todd. We'll look into this. The Todd Herman Show is 100% disapproved by big pharma, technocrats, and tyrants everywhere. Now, from the high mountains of free America, here's the Emerald City Exile, Todd Herman. Today is the day the Lord has made, and these are the times through which God has decided we shall live. And this is the voice of a guy who, the first time he ran for the house, made himself a Marvel comic-style video. This handful of members is um, uh, very clearly looking for notoriety over principle. That's what it is. And anyone who suggests differently is um, in in some kind of make-believe fantasy reality. So that's Dan Crenshaw. And with uh, with all all proper respect for his service to this country, which is well something you have to respect, Dan, how's that insider trading thing going for you? You are on the top list of guys making money out of the um, out of out of tech and timing things and market timing, and it looks to be insider trading. You're building wealth just like Newt Gingrich did. This handful of members is. Um, uh very clearly looking for notoriety over principle. That's what it is. And anyone who suggests differently is um, in, in some kind of make-believe fantasy reality. It's not, it's not true. They lost those debates. That should have been the end of it, because that's how a team works, right? You hash this stuff out, you figure it out, and then you move on. Yeah, but figure out what, Dan? And again, with all due respect to the service of Crenshaw and the eye patch, and, and you, you're calling people narcissists? So why is this so important? Well, as loath as I am to admit it, uh, this 535-member body, it's really a one-person body. As loath as I am to say this, 
Uh, a hardcore denier of all reality other than this one statement. Rachel, I guess she's been right about other things. She still says Russia, Russia, Russia. <laughs> uh, this is Rachel Maddow uh, accidentally being right about something. This thing that poor little Kevin McCarthy is facing is actually something that never happens. It's like a once in a century deal. If only five Republican members of Congress decide that they're not going to vote for him to be speaker, five, then he isn't going to be elected speaker. He can only afford to lose four votes. If he loses five, he's not going to be speaker. So far, there appear to be as many as a dozen Republicans who are planning to vote no on him, maybe more than that. And the problem with that isn't just that, oh, this is embarrassing for Kevin McCarthy and this is going to be a time suck for Kevin McCarthy and the Republicans. Oh, this is bad optics. No. If he doesn't get elected speaker, if somebody doesn't get elected speaker, that means there's no Congress. That means there's no Congress. Now, part of this is constitutional. Part of it is structured in a reasonable sense. But the reason that the battle is happening is not due to the Constitution, and it's not due to, you know, it's, it's not due to wanting to hold things up. There is a reason for this battle. And it has to do with what the speakership has become. The speakership has become a one-person Congress. And it has become a one-person money-making machine. Right? Right, Newt Gingrich? Right? Do the 202 win or do the 20 win? And in a free society, you cannot, just as you can't give in to terrorists. Right, Newt? How's that nearly billion dollars for you or 200 mil? Solid? So we all, uh, well, most of us have to earn money and work for that. And what does that mean? You know, I think, uh, I think about jobs where you sweat, and yeah, I mean, you can sweat doing an all night software launch or just just before I ate today, I was feeling a lot of stress trying to make sure we get all the radio show stuff planned and done and the cast. And and so there's a little sweat there. But I think about jobs where I've actually sweated and you go home at night and you take off the shirts and undershirt and they're just soaked and, you know, those are going to be laundered. And what's in that sweat? Well, it's life's energy. You know, what's in the tears you cry over um, a startup business that doesn't make it or you'd have to cut costs if you're a business owner and maybe need to let some people go and, and you can cry. That's life's energy seeping out of you. And what are our retirement accounts? Our life's energy stored up. It's not my idea. I stole it. I think I've told you from a guy named Peter Weisbach, who was a talk show host who passed on a long time ago. I've always thought of that idea. Life's energy. Where's yours? Where is it stored and invested? And are the people who are stewarding that for you, well, first of all, are they stewarding it? Or are they leveraging it? There's a difference. Stewarding something you would put at the heart of that risk management and then responsible growth. And you would also want to be with a truth teller. So I ask you to review the communications with the people who are managing, either leveraging or growing or, or holding on to your life's energy. Have they sent you a note to say, hey, there are some very serious headwinds coming. There's supply chain issues. There is a energy problem that's been caused in Europe. This is real. There's food supply issues. This is real. 
there is inflationary signals through the roof and it is real? Or did they send you pretty brochures with pictures of you sitting on a beach for retirement? Which one? Zach Abraham's not a guy with his head down and, oh, it's all awful and nothing can happen that's good. No, he's filled with the joy that God gives people who are fully discipled. He's also filled with the truth speaking of someone who's seen this industry and seen it become mobbed up. He'll tell you the truth about your portfolio. Simply call him and see if you are set up for risk management and growth. But you can't have growth if you're punching holes in the buckets all the time. Risk Management, Bulwark Capital Management. They're at 866-779-RISK. That's 866-779-RISK. Or go to knowyourriskradio.com. Investment advice can be given under the client service agreement. Bulwark Capital Management is an investment advisor representative. Check Financial LLC and SEC Registered Investment Advisor. So why is the battle so big? It's because the speaker is a bottleneck. The speaker controls which, which uh, bills get to the floor of the house. You're telling me that this is about a 535-person body and one person decides what gets gaveled onto the floor. That is not small government. That is not representative government. That is not a representative democracy. That is not debate. Oh, sure, there can be debate. But when the speaker functionally controls all that, the speaker controls what becomes law. That's why Newt Gingrich is wealthy. Now, he is a very clever man. He is a, he is a brilliant, brilliant intellect. And in fact, uh, he was kind enough to have a one-on-one conversation with me years ago as we sat and visited, and he recalled some work I did and, and when I was in talk radio way back, not, not the first time, not the second time, but the first time. He recalled that. We had a great visit. In fact, one of my pictures, one of my very favorite pictures I have from my time in politics, I'll have to see if I can find this. I know I have it. I know I have it digitally. But is me and Newt just sitting there chatting, standing there. And it's not a photo op. I like it for that reason. I admired his intellect. I admired what he did as a congressman. Then he turned around and he rolled into the grift. And it's not Fox News money. Fox News doesn't pay that much for a contributor. He rolled in the grift. And the consulting, well, what's the consulting? It's about connections and how to get things done in Washington, D.C. And a speaker gets to say, you're going to back my pack. That's how Pelosi has power. That's how McConnell has power. That's why McCarthy has it. If McCarthy becomes speaker, then it's this. Hey, if you want that thing to hit the, the, the floor, then I better see some donations to my pack. And then what do you get? You get tiny little McCarthy's. Already, Mitch McConnell in this past election cycle poisoned the waters for people who would have questioned his leadership. That's how we ended up with the nightmare of Murkowski back. That's why Sarah Palin's not in the Senate, because they monkeyed with the system in Alaska to do this ranked choice voting thing, by which you have to, you have to place a vote next to the name of someone you can't stand. You're forced to issue votes for people you just can't stand. They did that to keep Murkowski in because Murkowski is a big help to McConnell. That's what this is about. It's about seizing power back for the people. And Kevin McCarthy, a guy who walks around with a Ukraine pocket silk without an American flag on top of that Ukraine pocket silk, 
That's not a guy who's interested in America first. A guy who wears a Ukraine pocket silk and isn't saying, I want every cent that goes to, the, to Ukraine. I want every cent audited. You can't be America first and not want that audited. You can't be that when you see that BlackRock is taking some of the rake out of this, is raking out some of the, the money out of this, you can't be America first and BlackRock first. And you can't be America first and Ukraine first. Can't be done. You know, the Lord Jesus is so very clear about this. And so the entire Bible is, you choose a master. You're going to love one and hate the other. Which one's your master? Well, I would hope that one day we'd have a speaker of the house who is, in fact, knows that his master is the Lord Jesus and, and, and confesses that and seeks to serve and not be served. But that's not what we get. And the fight here, yeah, it's embarrassing. It's horribly embarrassing. And it lets the Democrats dunk on us all all day long. And they love it. And, you know, this uh, Ted Lieu, who's never done anything in Congress, Ted Lieu's useless in in terms of being a legislator. He took a picture of himself standing outside his office with popcorn because I'm going to the floor to watch Republicans fight. Well, this fight needs to be had. And kicking further down the road the recognition that the party and McCarthy is the party. He is every bit Pelosi with some slight ideological differences, and I mean slight. There is, in fact, this is something I say about people like this from time to time. There is no Kevin McCarthy. There's a series of positions that a body named McCarthy is caused to take because they are convenient for the donors. I heard that Tucker said this, and this is a well said. His actual constituencies on K Street. His actual constituency are the lobbyists in Washington, D.C. And it's just it's it's completely evident by the way he makes decisions. In a 535 person body, do we really need one person deciding which votes get to which bills get to the floor or could we vote on that? Yes, yes, yes. I know this committee leads and I know that and I know that they come together and they present that and they have their viewpoints. But functionally speaking, one person makes these decisions. Matt Gates was talking about this, and he has a view different, obviously, from Newt Gingrich's view. I don't think Matt Gates considers himself a terrorist. So just to be be clear, none of what you heard in there from McCarthy was enough to get your support. Everything I heard hardened my resolve that this town desperately needs change. And if it's a few of us who have to stand in the breach to force it, we are willing to do so for as long as it takes. So now there's talk of a coalition government. And uh, so McCarthy, uh, as of the recording of this show, McCarthy had begun the process of reaching out to the Democrats to come up with a coalition speaker. And there's people like Johnny Kasich. Did you, by the way, John Kasich, did you know his dad was a mailman? Oh, I'm not kidding. No, he says it every time he opens his mouth. His dad was a mailman. Like Joe, like the, the figurehead talks every day about taking the train. And he says, let's have a coalition government. We have one. And what he said on Twitter was, wouldn't it be great to have a coalition government that could manage from the middle out versus by the extremes? There's no extremes except the, the, the party's extremes. Just, just just go through the checklist. Let's just go through a quick checklist. Is there any real battle in D.C. over holding pharma to account for, for sickening and murdering Americans with the COVID shots and other things? Nope. 
Is there any burning zeal in Congress to secure the southern border or in the Senate? No. Is there any particular worry about the fact that we are a bankrupt country, functionally bankrupt? Not really. Is there any deep desire um, back there, people burning with desire to once again have elections be trustworthy? No. Is there any concern about the fact that Zelensky, the boss man of Ukraine, is outlawing entire religious faiths and also seizing control of the media, but we're going to help him take over that country fully even more so? No, not really. What about the fact, the inescapable, unambiguous fact that the government runs social media censorship and in all likelihood is doing the same thing to news media? Any real concern back there? No. It's already run by the middle out. The extremes holding things captive is an illusion. The, 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 what the media likes to call hard right, and then they never have a phrase for the left, and we know that. It's an illusion. AOC, for all her bluster, and all Bernie Sanders' work, yeah, they've got some things changed. They've begun pushing for universal health care, and they've gotten that. That's the, the COVID injections being forced into people. There's your universal health care, because that's what it means. It means you're going to take the medicine we tell you to take, because otherwise you don't get access to the medicine you think you need to save your life. So they've gotten some of that. But the, the points on which they agree are the points that are killing our country. The always on spending, the always on debt, the printing of money, the foreign entanglements in something where it is difficult, if, if, if possible at all, to construe U.S. interest in it. On this, they stand locked. On this, McCarthy is Pelosi and Pelosi is McConnell and McConnell is Chucky Schumer. They're a goop. They're a gob of person. They're like a, a, a person blob, a blob, blob of Joe. <laughs> They're a blob of Joe. Who's this? Oh, this is my blob of Joe. What do you mean? It's four people in one. That's a blob. It's a compound character. It's a blob of Joe. <laughs> blob of Joe McCarthy. <laughs> so as low as I am to admit, you know, admit that, that Rachel Maddow's right. Yeah, they can't get things done. And that's the reason this is so important. Because we don't want the things that are getting done to continue to get done. The things that are getting done just put a $1.7 trillion spending orgy down on top of the American people, which, which actually outlaws using any money to secure the southern border, which includes in it all the manifestations to create a federal gun database, which includes in it the kill switch in new cars. All new cars five years from now have to have a kill switch so government can turn its car, your car off. It's not even your car at that point. If you don't control when your car is turned on or off, tell me why it's your car. And, and what would stop the government from saying, you know what else? We need all new homes to have kill switches. What would be the difference? Private property is private property. If they can do this in a car, why couldn't they do it in a home? What kind of kill switch? They already have it. You didn't wash the city in Colorado? 
that they, they said, oh, wait, no, no, we accidentally, we accidentally turned off people's heat. We accidentally didn't let them heat their houses during this incredibly cold snap and, and people freezing to death in their own homes. Oh, that was accidental, but you have the capability to do it. And that's not controversial back there. The party loves this stuff. Why? Because they can sell it. So without regard to how it turned out, that's why the battle was vital and important and and continues to be vital and important. Because the party agrees on all these things. It's already managed, not by the middle out. It's managed by pharma out. And already this guy, uh, Dan Newhouse, who voted to impeach President Trump and got reelected because Washington state is a fallen, fallen separate country. He's headed over to work with the Democrats to elect a speaker. Yeah. I, I, you remember Brad Miller? Remember him? Do you remember Brad? We had him on the show. He's a lieutenant colonel. Uh, who lost his command? He was a what was I? I get these things messed up. Brigadier or brigade? I, I think he was a, a lieutenant colonel and uh, and a brigadier colonel. I think. But remember, he came on the program and he shared the fact that that he thinks that the the military is you know is corrupted, and he said the same sort of thing that retired Lieutenant General Jerry Boykin said, this is him. I asked Brad, and there's a point to this, by the way. I asked Brad about, hey, did we just forget how to do an extraction out of countries like Afghanistan? Is is that just institutional memory been lost? No, I don't think our military forgot those things. So no, I don't accept like just a a bad decision or like incompetence or or a rush decision. I I don't accept any of those. I think there's more at hand. And so I think that when we look at what happened in Afghanistan and we look at what happened is happening with um, with COVID, we look at what's happening with the wokeness and we look at what's happening with our I mean, our, our, our banking and our money and our I mean, it just everything. It's all related. It's it is. And the reason I bring that up is I got the nicest note from him and it's about bone frog coffee. See, when we have people like him on, and, and we did this with Boykin, we do this with others, we often send them care packages. Thank you for coming on. And in this case, because, of course, he served this country with such great distinction, and in my opinion still is, we said, I said, I got to send you some Bonefrog. Well, Tim Cruikshank, the founder and CEO of Bonefrog Coffee, he is a listener to the cast. Every, every, every episode, it seems, Tim hears. And he sent me a note and said, where do you want me to send the coffee? So he sent it. And I said, no, 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 Tim, I'll buy. He goes, nope, nope, I, I won't hear of it. We're, we're buying, we're sending it to him. He also sent what Brad described as a really long, really nice letter. Well, it's servicemen to servicemen, right? That's what that's about. It's a brotherhood, right? Well, Tim and at Bonefrog, they make every effort to bring the brotherhood into the company to hire vets. They make every effort to work with veteran-owned companies. And every bag of coffee says God, country, team. And it goes in that order. And then the coffee is this. that I, I, I'm going to hold Brad to his word. He's going to do a review for us on the coffee. But I'll tell you this. Team guys, like the folks who wrote the Shepherd series, Brian Andrews and Jeff Wilson, they, they were worried when Cruikshank said, hey, I'm starting a coffee company. In fact, Jeff, Jeff Wilson, who was a Navy SEAL trauma, a trauma surgeon with the SEAL outfit, 
He said, yeah, we were worried because what the heck does Tim know about making coffee? Well, he hired and worked with and has been mentored by the best experts in this business. So my challenge to you, if you're new listening to the show and you found this through Clay and Buck, and I'll, I'll stop saying that in a couple of weeks, but I'm so thankful to Clay and Buck. Let me do that. Well, welcome to the show. And one of the things you can do to support us is to go to bonefrog.us and try the coffee. Now, if you've tried it, and you've loved it, and it's been on your mind, then you need to subscribe to it. One of the ways to help this company grow is to subscribe because it's predictable revenue and 10% of proceeds go to the families of fallen Navy SEALs. Okay, it's bonefrog.us. Please make sure it's .us, bonefrog.us. So Matt Gates, he explained his view on this and why he is not ready to step down and why he's not ready to give up and why he wants to continue to fight. And he went to the floor and he gave a speech where he was nominating Jim Jordan. Now, Jim Jordan apparently doesn't want to be speaker. And Jim Jordan is, in fact, voting for McCarthy. But this is some of what Gates said. Gentlemen, is recognized. Well, sometimes we have to do jobs that we don't really want to do. And sometimes we have to do jobs that we are called to do. And so, my colleagues, I rise to nominate the most talented, hardest-working member of the Republican conference who just gave a speech with more vision than we have ever heard from the alternative. I'm nominating Jim Jordan. Jim Jordan is humble, perhaps today humble to a fault. Maybe the right person for the job of Speaker of the House isn't someone who wants it so bad. Maybe the right person for the job of Speaker of the House isn't someone who has sold shares of themselves for more than a decade to get it. Maybe Jim Jordan is the right person for Speaker of the House because he is not beholden to the lobbyists and special interests who have corrupted this place and corrupted this nation under the leadership of both Republicans and Democrats. Maybe Jim Jordan would be the right person for Speaker of the House because he wouldn't fight us when we try to get a term limits bill on the floor. Maybe Jim Jordan would be the right person because he wouldn't fight us when we try to put a balanced budget on the floor and vote for it. And maybe Jim Jordan is the right person because he would endorse the plan that was built by the Texas delegation to finally secure our border. Mr. Jordan said in his nomination that there are certain bills that we have to pass to fix the problem. The challenge is the alternative has been someone voting for the very bills that have caused these problems. Mr. Jordan says that we cannot accept legislation like the omnibus, and I fully agree. And if Jim Jordan were Speaker of the House, if he were the leader of the Republican team, we wouldn't have that circumstance choking the economy of our country, increasing inflation, and diminishing the prospects of a better life for our fellow Americans. And finally, Mr. Jordan said we must engage in rigorous oversight. Every one of my Republican colleagues knows that the person who can lead that oversight effort, who works on it every day, who has the skill and the talent and the will, is Jim Jordan. I'm nominating him and I'm voting for him. A smattering of applause. A smattering of applause. And by the way, if they just did away with the omnibus bills, 
If they just did away with that, that could help rescue this country. When you are creating pieces of legislation, 17,000 pages, 14,000 pages thick, that everybody admits they don't read, you are negligence. You are, you're committing economic negligence, homicide against the country's, against the country's wealth, against our risk management, as we'd say with, with Zach Abraham. The very fact that omnibus bills exist, the very fact that you can't go and read these things shows that Kevin McCarthy is Nancy Pelosi, and Nancy Pelosi is Mitch McConnell, and Mitch McConnell is Chucky Schumer with some slight ideological deltas and gaps. So it's already run from the middle out. Now, when the Lord Jesus... Was and he walked the earth. He used parables, and he would use those. And I think for a very specific reason, people who wanted to know more would, in fact, pray for knowledge. They would seek him out. They would follow and say, "Rabbi, Rabbi, I heard you say that faith the size of a mustard seed could move a mountain." Rabbi, I have faith. Help me where I don't. And they would be calling the Lord Jesus rabbi at the time because that's, what, that's, that's how he was thought of as, as a rabbi. And the inner circle grew to know that he was Lord. And so with the inner circle, he would tell them things. He would say, I will tell you things I don't say in public because people in public aren't ready for it. He knew the stage at which people operated. And when you got into the inner circle, still sometimes he spoke in ways that the, the apostles, I think, just couldn't, couldn't, couldn't take. You know, eat of my flesh and, and, and drink my blood. I mean, the apostles stuck with him, but other people walked away. But you know what he never did? Is he never complicated things to make them pointlessly complicated. He was speaking to an audience, knowing where they're at. And as he sat with the apostles and explained where I'm going, you can't go. Not yet. It's not your time. But when you go... I will have a room prepared for you. My father will have a room prepared for you, paraphrasing here. And then, of course, when the Lord Jesus, they, they thought he was, well, when his body died and he resurrected himself, then they said, oh, oh, I remember now. Destroy this temple and I will raise it up in three days. You, oh, we can't follow him yet. Oh. But in Congress... A 17,000-page bill is a way to hide a thing. Think of it this way. There is a book I have. Um, it's, it's Stephen Meyer's second book. Well, not second book because he's written a bunch of books, but it, was, it came out after um, my, my very, very favorite book on intelligent design, which is Signature in the Cell. He creates a, um, he creates a, uh, a situation where it's called Darwin's doubt. That's what it is. Um, he, he creates a situation where he's trying to show how unlikely evolution is. You know, just random, random mutation. And he uses a jar of marbles. And I think he puts like 500 marbles in this jar. And there's one marble that's a separate color. But you can't, you can't look. You have to reach into the jar of marbles. And when you pull one out, if it's, not the, if it's not the one that's a separate color, you have to put it back and shake the jar up and then go in again. 
And he describes this process that you could do that if you were a prisoner and there's nothing else you could do. You could do that all day for some 10,000 years and not get the marble, not get the colored marble. That's possible because the probability is that's what would happen because of the the prevalence of all these other marbles. What's hidden in a 17,000 page bill? What's the probability of inserting in that cultural time bombs like we have now? What they've or the ones we know about don't fund the border. You do not get to spend this on the southern border. You're putting kill switches in America in the in the cars of American people, of the American people. You're creating red flag legislation which is going to be tried through the states and states are going to build laws around this and it's going to lead to a database of gun owners which is expressly illegal. The federal government's not to have that but they're doing everything they can to backdoor it. It has in there. They're to find out where veterans store their guns. Why do you want to know where veterans store their guns? It has in there to work with health and human services to get kids to spy on their parents. The Department of Education working with kids to spy on their parents. Do your parents have guns? Do they store them safely? And that's a McCarthy-blessed piece of paper. I should say 17,000 pages. That's a a McConnell-blessed 17,000 pages. That's what this battle is about. There's some things that McCarthy could do, at least to gain my support, but they would have to be lockstep promises. He would have to promise to do some things, and if he doesn't do them within X number of days, he will step down as speaker and Jim Jordan or whoever will come in. So what would these things be? Well, I just gave one away, is doing away with the omnibus bill. That is so blatantly built for corruption, it's difficult to see how other people don't see it. There's some other things he could do. We'll talk about that. I... Have a very, very cool update uh, from Alan Soaps at alansoaps.com slash Todd. I got a note from John, uh, who is uh, Alan's dad, communicating with us about where things stand. And there is a change. December was a blowout month. And uh, from, I know I speak for John and his family and I, well, young Alan can't form full sentences. So I'll speak for him. Thank you for loving my soap. And it means so much to him. If you just consider the limitations that God has allowed him to, to, to live through and to work through and, and the, the cross he carries, you know, the apostle Paul spoke about this, um, this thorn in his side that the Lord Jesus said three times, I'm not removing it. You're going to have to live with that. And for, for Alan right now, unless there's some miraculous cure, it's autism and these structural, um, these structural problems or challenges with his body. So um, I want you to consider how meaningful it is for a guy because he knows he's different from other kids. He's a very, very bright young man. He knows he's different. He knows his body moves differently. Uh, he knows other kids speak full sentences. He knows that. But you know what else he knows? Other kids don't have a soap company. Other kids are not the chief soap officer. Other kids don't have people buying his product and looking at his picture and buying it. Not, not, no sense of pity. I often say he's not a mascot. He's a human being who invents soaps. They're doing it because they want to see other people like Alan hired. And he, they want him to work with people like him. 
You guys, we took a big step forward in December in making that happen. So I just want to thank you. But Alan Soaps, alansoaps.com slash Todd. And I also want to invite you to consider now becoming a subscriber to the soap. A lot of you have had the soap now. You've tried it. You've seen how unique the fragrances are. I want to invite you to consider simply becoming a subscriber. And you just go right back to the same website, alansoaps.com slash Todd, and pick up the Herminator sub. Okay, there is another thing coming. There is a new, I man, I'm anxious to give this away. If you're a business owner, just hold on. I'm not going to, I'm just going to get myself in trouble. So I don't want to do that. It's alansoaps.com slash, I sound like the figurehead. Uh, I'm not supposed to call on people who ask questions of their own, uh, that they make up on their own. I'm supposed to call on the scripted uh, pretend question askers. There are some things that McCarthy could do. And it would all come predicated upon the following. If I fail at these things in the next year, I will step down as speaker. Or the next six months, or the next next three months. Number one. And this is really just a payoff to people who think that the government's going to change anything economically. It would be an economic committee. Scratch that. You know what? I'm taking that off my notes because they're not going to change anything in the economy. And that's that's just not going to get done. They're, They're breaking the economy. So let's talk about some things that they could do. Number one, there is no single person who controls what bill comes to the floor of the House. There will be a caucus created, and that caucus will vote for which bills move forward. And that caucus will have representation from the actual conservatives in Congress. Number two, we're going to set up a censorship committee. And what I mean in this is we are going to bring in people for sworn testimony. Now, I know that Merrick Garland's a paper bully and he's not going to do anything about the fact that the government is censoring Americans. That's not the point. The point is to get people under oath. The point is to bring them before the Congress in front of a committee and sit there waiting for any acts of perjury. And don't create perjury traps. Don't you can't you, you can't fight for heaven using the tools of the devil. So don't try to trick people into perjury, but draw out of them legitimate answers to questions. Get them on record. Record what they've done. And I'm talking about every single department head, from the Department of Homeland Security to the CDC to the FDA to the Department of Education and every single media office. I also want them on record. Do you pay news entities any money? If so, for what? I want to see every dime that has gone from us to a news entity. And if you used an intermediary for that, if you hired an ad agency or a PR firm and they engaged government, we want that. We want an accounting of every single media relations penny spent by your departments. And when you're using vendors like ad agencies or PR firms, they're coming in. We're putting them under oath. We are going to find out exactly who's censoring who and exactly how it's getting it done. And we're going to make it, even if it's just an historical record, So if one day there is, in fact, a revolution before the Lord Jesus comes back and there's a revolution in this country and that happens, we have you on record. And if at some point or another the American people get together and begin to vote for people who are godly and seek to serve rather than be served and this actually comes to pass, we'll go back and examine these records. And when we find out you've committed perjury on this, we're going to come for you and we're going to come for you with felony charges. Now, is that going to change legislation? It's not, but at least they're doing something to save the republic. Same thing with the election integrity committees. 
set them up along the same lines and a fraud committee. And here's where McCarthy could win a few votes from me. We're going to, as a caucus, we're all going to release our tax returns for life. All of us. We're going to release our detailed trading records. All of us. We're going to issue weekly announcements on stock trades we've made. All of us. Or you're not in our caucus. And we dare the Democrats to do otherwise. We dare them to be this transparent. In terms of term limits, there's a constitutional amendment that would be required to make that law of the land, but there's not for staff. We're going to cap staff. You can work in the house for six years. After that, you go home. And I know exactly what professional staff will say is you have no idea what you're doing. If you did that, you understand how the, the, the government would fall apart. You need to have people who know how government works. Right, because you've made it complicated. Because by making it complicated with things like omnibus bills, you have succeeded in career protectionism. You have succeeded in making yourself able to go into the house for six to eight years and turn around and then go be a lobbyist. So we're going to cap you at six years, but we're going to do something else. And this can be done through the rules of the house. If you have worked in the house for six years, you don't get to work for the following firms. You don't get to start a firm that lobbies. You don't get to go to a firm that doesn't lobby and start up a lobbying effort. You don't get to lobby, not for a paid position. You can call phones. You can write strongly worded letters like the rest of the American people, but the revolving door thing is done. And we're going to audit every penny of the Federal Reserve. And the Treasury, and we don't care that the Federal Reserve's a private agency. Come and tell us that. Come and admit to the American people, we're, we're not a federal agency. You know, we, we call ourselves the Federal Reserve, but we're really a private bank. Make them say it. When you come and say, we're auditing your books, open them up, everything. We're bringing in independent auditors. Make them say, well, you don't get to do that. We're a private bank. Okay, you're a private bank. Now you admitted it. Maybe they don't view themselves that way. Maybe they just, they view themselves as an adjunct to government. Fine, say that. Put a person, as Doyle Barnson said about the art of Texas Hold'em, of No Limit Texas Hold'em, make a, put a man to a decision. Make people make decisions. So the reason this fight has been going on and the reason it matters so very much is because the speaker is a king or a queen. And we don't have kings or queens. The reason it's the conservatives rising up against this is because they want small government. They want an actual participatory republic. Not the clown show, you know, uh, weird... Uh, a carnival circus mirror version of it that exists right now in the Congress. I applaud the fight. I applaud not backing down. And, you know, as of recording this, 
McCarthy's reaching out to the Democrats. You know what he's doing? He's just doing in public what he's done in private. If there's a coalition government, don't look for any changes. Washington, D.C. is one great, big, huge coalition. That's why I call it the party. So that's a scare move. McCarthy is already a coalition government. Look no further than his dear, dear friend, Liz Cheney. And their conversations that he didn't know were being recorded where Kevin McCarthy begged for tech companies to shut down people like you or me. Look no further than that. This is the Todd Herman Show. Oh, man, that seemed like a kind of an intense show. Everybody okay? Maybe it's just me. Felt a little intense. This is the Todd Herman Show. Please go be well. Be strong. Be kind. Oh, wow. Be kind. Wow. Wow. After a show like that, be kind. Oh, Lord Jesus, please search my heart. And if I have issued lies or slanders, Lord, please correct me like I know you will. And please remind me of the great big stinking forest of logs in my own eye.